Hey people, my name is Jan Kinchul and I'm the newest addition to Roberto Kilingram's Decisive Family. I'm coming from Croatia, representing Cycle Zagreb and you're listening to the mix I recorded specially for Decisive Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Decisive Podcast series. I am excited to have a diva to the program from Croatia, Zagreb. <laughs> Uh, I know that we're all tested right now through these trying times and for me I guess I've learned a little bit more how to kind of relax as it's always exciting to, uh, to give the, the guest a, a relaxed feeling and give you also a great experience today. Um, I'd like to welcome to the program, uh, his name is Jan Kinzel, right Jan, is that correct? Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. He's Zagreb born house DJ and producer. He's a live act performer, radio host as well, party promoter. Uh, Jan, welcome to the program, man. How you doing? Hey, Roberto. Thanks for having me and uh, big up to all the listeners and, and to the whole Decisive crew. Um, How you feeling today? Actually, great. You know, it's um, as funny as it is to, to say it in these circumstances in which uh, mm. everything is. I've been actually, you know, really good this year and, and, and the whole year has been like creatively and, and work related. It was really good. So actually right now as we are, as we are speaking has been a little bit of a culmination of all these things because a record just released, uh, was released two weeks ago and it's been, you know, popping up everywhere. Um, then a new one is coming out now what, on what Friday. Is this, what, what are these releases you just, you're talking about? What the name? Which one um, is this? Is? The, the one which got released two weeks ago Common, is... Uh, Common Ground, right? No, 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 no. That, that one is... Uh, Common, Common Ground is gonna... Yeah, it's it's an upcoming. Um, but the one I'm, I'm talking about is a family, uh, family Affair. It's a various artist, 12 inch, um, on the Berlin label, uh, Deep Inspiration Sound Records. Mm-hmm. Um, and Borut, uh, Regis and myself, we did a track for the record. And the funny story is that we, we made that track. I think actually Borut and myself, we made it like three years ago. Then Reggie added a little bit of something on top of it. Um, so it was actually an old joint which the guys seemed to like. You know, I, I finished it, sent it to them. It finally got out, and it's crazy to see. You know, people in South Africa partying, playing it. Um, it's actually really funny to see how you know, even despite all the circumstances, um, you make something, and it, somehow it reaches people very far away. So I've been really enjoying that moment. So who, who have you collaborated on this latest release? Who was that? Um, uh, Borut Weiner, he's a, he's a homeboy from Pula, he's a good friend of mine. From Pula? Like to say, from Pula, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, my favorite place to be. I love Croatia Pula. so much. Pula. Pula is wonderful, man, right? Yeah, East, yeah. Man, it's like, and, and they have, you, quite possibly you know, they have a label called Vacuum, yep. Vacuum yep. Record. Hey, so he's one of the guys behind the label, very good friend of mine, shout out to Borut, shout out to whole vacuum crew tihana uh al and everyone um and he's you know to be honest if somebody would ask me i would say he's by far the best dj in croatia wow uh amazing amazing guy you know you need to have him on the program 
we need to have him on the program, man. And you know, he's been a friend for years. So every now and then, I go to I go to Pula and we have this marathon. We do maybe two tracks a day for right. a week. Right. We do a bunch of demos, and this this joint uh, titled Paint Black is. It was made in one of those uh, uh, sessions, mm -hmm. and once the guys from the label said, "Look, we really like the track. We would like to uh, to put it out on the on the 12 inch." Uh, Reggie was in the studio at that point. And I was like, "Hey, just have a listen to it. See if if there's something you think should be, uh, you know, could be a little bit different." I was like, "Look, it's it's cool, but maybe maybe let's let's just fix the baseline a little bit." So he helped out with the ba baseline a little bit. Um, and and that was it. The the song was quickly done. And you know, as 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 usually it is with with the songs you you do quickly, you really like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your first impression. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. I still like it very much. You know, mm -hmm. I just got the record ten days ago, and and I play it, and it's like mm, I like this. Wow, I'm looking for my cut. You've been releasing since uh, 2016. 2018, 2019, you released uh, Grind, you released, uh, uh, what is this, uh, Floretti versions, you released yes. the uh, uh, In Plain Sight, uh, Two Sides of, uh, of Blue Funk, you released off of one of my favorite labels, Far Out, my God, Far Out, and uh, also Sonar Collective. How do you mm -hmm. feel about being a part of such a great uh, BBE as well? <laughs> Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, BB is coming out. Um, um, how do you feel about the, those achievements? And how, look, and, and how are they working for you? I look honestly, it's a blessing. Okay. It's it's uh, all I could have. Uh, you you know, could never have thought of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah could exactly. Imagined, huh? Yeah, exactly. Because I've been DJing for such a long time, and right. I've been. You know, dabbling and making a little bit music now and then for for a long time. But you know how you, it's it's really hard to make something you actually enjoy. So for a longest for the longest period, I was I was doing stuff. I just wasn't feeling it's anything worth, hmm. you know, wasting people's time with. Right, right. That's that's what the perfectionist uh, does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You yeah you can definitely call it like that. And mm -hmm. and and in a way. You know, I I really wanted to you know the, uh, utilize the I don't know is it ten thousand hours or however hundred thousand hours yeah, whatever yeah, I would that just, experience yeah yeah just tons of make tons of stuff and see it and at some point it clicked uh, and I felt okay so now is the time to start putting it out and to actually you know waste somebody's time you know hey listen to this it it might be worth listening and uh, how do you describe was, how do you describe your sound. Oof, I don't know, you know, because I was I was brought up on on like heavy Detroit diet. That okay, was my thing, okay. you know, uh. from from you know the the techno stuff, electro stuff, house stuff to the seventies tribe records, jazz, Marcus Belgrave, uh, Phil Ranelin, all that stuff. It, it was you know like to uh, Slum Village, uh, Waji, <laughs> Dill. It all I was I I still yeah, am Dilla. obsessed. Uh, yeah, it's it's an obsession. Um, and it kind of damaged me in a while because it's it's hard to get away from that kind of feeling. Mm -hmm. So it 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 kind of it it stayed with me. So so I would say what I try to do is is to somehow keep those influences. You know the the to keep some sort of a real feeling and context uh, content 
in that format of, of house music, of techno music, of jazz, because in a way I see it as all the all a part of the same lineage of music. Um, just you know, the intensity might be different, tempo might be different, speed might be different, whatever. But you know, the the kind of the basic feeling is more or less similar. So I think you know what I do is techno and house, but deeply rooted in mm -hmm. in in you know the the kind of Detroit mm -hmm. sound, mm -hmm. jazz, mm -hmm. all these uh, influences. You know, one of my favorites was with uh, you and Eva. Uh, who is that? Ivan Man. Ivan, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, what is it? Conti, this uh, Catman do. Uh, he's a he's a drummer of uh, Azimut from Brazil. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, he's a drummer from the Azimut, the legend. Do, oh yeah, that's right. He, I think he also he also did something with uh, Fred P. He this did. Country. He did. Right. Okay, yeah. I remember that. Now you did a remix for them on Far Out, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Um, I want to decipher. We're going to get to this. Uh, the, this podcast is pretty much going to be about how he, how you um, conduct your studio sessions, and we're going to talk about a few things, do some plugins, different uh, studio gear, and all this kind of stuff. But I wanted to hone in on your sound because after mm -hmm. diving in I felt like well okay well this is very musical very instrumental and this has black music sound to it it has a different kinds of uh, cultures going on and when I saw Sonar Collective and Far Out I said wow okay I remember when I first came to Germany I was finding out these labels now mm -hmm. this Catman do release mm -hmm. How are you getting these sounds? You have live musicians playing for you. Um, actually, you know, Kathmandu is such a funny story because it was the whole project was such a it was such a mess. The whole situation. Eddie Ramich, uh, you might know him from uh, his uh, older generation uh, of let's say pioneering generation mm -hmm. of DJs in Zagreb. Mm -hmm. um, he did this uh, contrapunct uh, famous evenings you know he he brought everybody from uh, from from for hero digo uh, Giles peterson theo Parrish. Oh, wow. he was he was the first he guy was. to introduce you oh, know wow. that kind of uh, uh, vibe to zagreb yeah mm -hmm. and he's a good buddy of mine and and at the time i was living in berlin and and uh, it was a six months um, i was in berlin if it wasn't, if it weren't for a COVID situation, I would still be coming probably once a month. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the time I was there, and I remember, I just came back to Zagreb to do a couple of gigs, and he called me. He was like, "Yo!" He ran out of the concert to just call me quickly and then go back in. Ah, oh, cool. Uh, and the next day he was like, "Hey, you know, Ivan Conti, drummer from Azimut, nice. he's having this uh, solo record, uh, actually." Produced by this amazing dude, uh, uh, Daniel Maunik. Like he's a he, he's a guy behind a lot of far out stuff. Mm. Shout out to Daniel. Mm -hmm. He just released his his uh, solo album on Far Out as well. It's magic. And so Eddie then wow. called me. He said, "Look, let's hook up. Uh, you, Reggie, myself. Let's do a remix. Let's do something. Uh, it's gonna come out on Far Out. And, you know, naturally, I was." honor that man like far out it's i buy most of the stuff they put out i just buy blindly i envy you <laughs> and so look it was actually it was it was like all by chance it was all by chance and uh then 
um, Mr. Conti, who is a wonderful, like he's such a wonderful uh, dude. He, you know, every time you message him, he replies, he puts little hearts. Like, he, he's just adorable man and, and a legend. Uh, mm-hmm. Even Conti is a legend. Mm-hmm. And um, he, we, we got this instrumental, actually we got, we got the original, which was a very kind of percussion and groove heavy, um, I cannot say, but it's, it's definitely a club track. It's a big, like big sounding club track. Mm-hmm. Daniel did wonders on it. And it was like a very big groove, big drums, mm-hmm. big percussions, mm-hmm. as Mr. Evan is a drummer. And those really interesting vocal harmonies. Um, which are very, they were very peculiar B- by and, and haunting. I don't know. I don't know. It was a lot of vo- voices in the background, and uh-huh. those are the voices which we used in the remix. But it's it's very haunting. It's very haunting. You have you have also these guys are incredible house music. Uh, Kai, Altsy. Yeah, Kai is yeah, Kai is Kai is a good buddy. Of mine. How do you pronounce Kai. his last name? Altsy or Altki? Uh, I think it's Kai Alse. Alse. Because mm. it's like a, 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 E has a, has a little tick on it. Mm-hmm. He's um, uh, from Haiti mm-hmm. originally, I think his family. So wow, I think man. it has something to do with that. Talking about multicultural yeah. backgrounds. Awesome. And you know, like, and, and mentioning Kai, he's a amazing guy. I, I've learned from him so much. He was at my place for, I don't know, two weeks, ten days, something like that in Zagreb. And uh, he, he even did a remix for one of the records we are just going to put out in a month, I think. Um, but like he was staying here for some time and we were talking and I was playing him some stuff. And I was playing him some stuff which I wasn't happy with. You know, right. you make something, you play it to somebody, you kind of look for validation, but you internally don't feel... <laughs> you did that to me with your voice and everything. <laughs> I, I did that to you. No, and somebody, I, else and walk, somebody else walks in and somebody else walks in and goes, man, what are you talking about? Dude? This is <laughs> fat. <laughs> but okay, you have high expectations for yourself. I understand that. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but look, but look, honestly, like these tracks which I played in were okay, but you know when you overdo it. You want to mm. wanna do something mm. and you want to do mm. something which you're not proficient with and mm. so you overdo it. Mm. And he was, he, was a, he was a master of guiding me. He, he didn't say much. He was just, hey man, it, it's cool. It's cool. But you know, like for me, house music is repetition. Mm. Okay. Like man, he put that earworm in, in my head and then he left. And exactly. I, I re-approached like six, seven songs. I, I went in and I like destroyed everything, redid them, reshuffled them. And, and ever, ever, ever since the, he told me that, in my mind, it's always like, like repetition. If it works in repetition, it, it's cool. So, yeah, he, he helped me more than he knows, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, house can be repetitious and, and also uh, funky, groovy, uh, a lot of uh, uh, swinging going on. I mean, and you mm-hmm. also, that, that, this is also guiding you in the jazz direction with your house stuff, right? I mean, yes, are you yes. are you also uh, musically trained? I'm not. I cannot say I am. I'm not. I, wow, I you know, you know, I I know some. I know some. You know, I know chords. I know a little bit of harmonies. I I can like with with working through Reggie, who's a really good okay. keyboard player. Right. I learned a lot. Through I do him, too. I work with musicians too. I mean, that's me. yeah, yeah. And it's okay. It's really okay. Look. That's what a the more producer. You learn, more you learn. But that's what the producer is, right? Yeah, right. True. In in the, in the proper sense of the word. Yeah. 
um, that's that's what you do, uh, and and you learn a lot. Like you learn tons. So you know, with Reggie, he taught me really a lot, and and especially I'll tell you something. Like we would record a couple of solos and this and that, and then I would I would go in, I would you know go in the MIDI files, I would you know edit them, correct them, do this, mm, do that, okay. and I would you know see some figures he was doing, then I would try to replicate them, and I would learn a little bit, but you know awesome. not enough to be. You know, I, I I can do something. I can play a little bit this and that. I can sometimes it, it ends up as as is in the track. But uh, you know, it's when somebody's been just doing that for 20 years, they can just do a little bit of difference, right? And it's a world of difference. It's actually. a world of difference, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, Reggie actually too. You <laughs> did, you you released this what jazz waters or something like this, right? Um, um, what was it? What was it called? Is between with you and Reggie, Katie, you said uh, it, a lot of people supported it. Tony Humphreys and uh, uh, it was the else? album. It was the album. The, the, L, the, the album. LP with uh, DJ yeah. Bone and uh, and African Sciences, Gemster, yes. uh, uh, Norm Talley, uh, Laurent Garnier. I mean Derek Carter. I mean, he, how did that make you feel? Man, it's you know how funny it is. How it made me feel like a dream come true because all those guys are. I I have so many records. Like these these guys are my education. <laughs> and and see them, you know, validated in a way because as 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 much as you think, yeah, I do this for myself. I do blah blah blah. It's validation by people who you mm. appreciate. It's mm. it's something which is so natural. And wonderful. It gives you, power, it gives it, you energy and give you confidence, yes. right? Yes, yes. And Nothing and you know wrong. what? Like one of the craziest situation was even uh, when when I went to the Red Bull Music Academy in Berlin, oh, and man. and I spent some time there, and I was walking in the hallway, and there was one of these guys. I, I reminded him he has a very interesting, uh, like like he was uh, one of the. Um, how do you say alumni? Alumni. Okay. Um, he yeah, was from. Right. Um, it would be a wild guess, but I remember he had a very particular face. So when I was looking at the little book with mm -hmm. all the participants, mm -hmm. I remembered his name, his face, mm -hmm. and and you know the description. And so I was walking uh, on the steps, and I saw him, and I kind of smiled at him, and and I heard the voice, and I was like, I froze in my feet. I froze because the voice was Mad Mike Banks. Uh -oh. Ooh, you froze. <laughs> I froze. I froze. And you know how Mad Mike doesn't really give interviews. There's really exactly. just recently a couple of pictures have surfaced, and but I knew the, the, those two interviews. I I listened to them like a Bible, and I turned and I was like, Mike. He was like, Hey man, what's up? Hey man, what's and, up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> and so you know to. Fast forward, you know, a few days later, we are hanging out, we're chilling, and we're, you know, eating little chia puddings mm -hmm. on there. It's it's crazy. And at some point, I kind of gathered the courage, say, hey, Mike, look, I I would really like, and the whole time, it's really hard to believe it because for me, I have all the underground resistance records. It's like for me, it's a it's a Bible. Like honestly, it's Bible. Mm. And to this day, uh, high tech jazz, Galaxy to Galaxy, oh, yeah. high tech oh, yeah. jazz is. It's just that one prime, like one thing which is the most important record in my life is high tech jazz. Oh boy, that's a, that's a that's that's a good segue into our to our production questions here. I wanted to get into with you um, um, because you're doing live acts 
I guess before COVID, you you and your partner, his name mm-hmm. is Reggie, right? Yes. And this stopped you guys from performing. How is he doing? Yes. Well, currently, um, we decided to put a little break on the joint uh, house music we do. Okay. I do a little bit uh, things on my own with some some other people, but we for him we do his own solo jazz album. Um, so this has been uh, because through the time we were actively working together he had his own stuff piled up aside and I had a bunch of my own stuff aside so we were like okay cool we made a bunch of stuff Um, and plus every time we do something in the studio it takes me a while to actually finish it and make it you know turn it into some shape and form which is um, you know possible for you and DJs or whoever to play so uh, we were like, okay, let's, Reggie, you finish writing the album, let's record your own solo album, let's let's do that. I'm going to finish all this bunch of stuff we did together, I did solo, I did with other people. Uh, so we're using this time not performing, uh, but making a bunch of stuff um, just in the studio. I mean, I was, just before the interview, I wanted to double check, like, up until this moment, there's 11 releases for next year. Wow, 11, already, re- 11 already. records. Yeah, 11 records. Okay. Actually, 12, 12, but one is uh, a friend of mine sampled a track of ours and he used it for a remix for this um, uh, Maori rapper, a guy who, let's say, Africa Bambata okay. in Maori hip hop. So he sampled one of our tunes, so let's say I kind of count that as a sort of a 12 thing, but it's, yeah, it's it's 11. So basically it's it's tons of stuff, which, you know, it, it piles up. So much demos pile up, ideas, sketches. Sometime, at some point you need to say, okay, stop. I, now I need to finish all this. It's, it's, a, it's a laborious, time consuming, but like now this needs to be finished. It gets more time-consuming as they sit, or you just have to t- toss them away and keep it moving. Yes. Yeah. Actually, yesterday I just tossed one, which has been popping up for four years, and yesterday I gave it a go, and it was crap. And I was like, you know what? I'm letting you go. We are done. <laughs> when you were doing your live performances, how did you make your live set sound good in the club? Do you remember? Of course, of course. Uh, how much into detail do you want me to go? Well, I guess the, the the key, the key to what you were doing to make your sound. Were you pre-mastering tracks? Were you when you uh, was there certain equipment that you took? You've mm-hmm. taken that uh, certain compressor that you used. What what did mm. you do? What to make it sound good in the club? Was it a certain mix okay, that, you re- uh, uh, that was a part of your uh, gear? No, look, it was the. Uh, on the topic of mixer we and the whole gear, we always tried to be, uh, in a way, as minimal and as uh, basic as possible. So okay. any mixer would do, any 16-channel mixer. But the thing is, mm, I tried to keep the every sound as pure, in a way, as pure and healthy as possible. Oh, okay. I don't like over-processing. Mm. I, don't, okay. I generally don't like effects. Uh, like for me, I try to get, so all the gear in my studio is kind of aimed towards 
sounding the way I want them to sound because if I need to mangle the sound too much that's not the right sound um, so I would all the sounds I would process just a proper EQing and Igor Fabris he's our engineer and he mixed the whole uh, album he was very meticulous with it and he was very he was instrumental into teaching me how to do it properly um, you know he was the first guy who actually taught me to hear what a bus compressor on the drums bus does and how you know how can you make it dance and sync with the rhythm properly so like, he's, he's a mentor and he's a big and he's still he's like third part of the band that's that's how I think of him yeah we, of course mm -hmm. You know, he lives in Berlin, sense. he's also one of my best friends, one of my closest friends, so Igor, Igor was instrumental in this. And then when we would mix the records, I would take a couple of bits and pieces, maybe I would take a bass line, I would take a couple of hi-hats, maybe a sound which is recognizable, um, and I would put it in the MPC live. Mm -hmm. uh, I use that as the, you know, it's MPC. the mothership, yeah, it's the mothership. MPC, yeah, yeah, clock and everything. Because mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really good. You know, I had the 1000, uh, 2000 XL is, is in Berlin with Igor. Uh, but this one, the MPC Live, is incredible because it's very transparent. It sounds cle clean. Like what you put in, whatever you do, because I'm really into... I'm not into effects, but I'm deeply into distortions, saturations. Uh, <laughs> I, I have three you. tape... Yeah, I know, I have like three tape machines in my studio. Uh, <laughs> and things like that yeah it's I, I really like that so you you kind of you you kill the sound and you destroy it in a very beautiful way and you put it into the MPC live and it sounds like that so a lot of the drums a lot of like baseline for instance would usually go from the MPC some additional things maybe some strings or something would go from the MPC but excluded the kick drum because Aside from the MPC, I would use I use a Roland TR8. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a really good drum machine. Of course. It has you know the 909, 808, 707. Mm -hmm. um, classic. Yeah, classic 727 and 606. Uh, what it what it is missing though is 626, which I don't know why, but it's getting such a bad rap. I have it in my studio. I love it. It's it's a very <laughs> soft acoustic sounding thing. Uh, it, it has a bad rap. I don't know why. I love it. Me so it, it, that, that goes into the MPC. But the kick, like the kick drum goes directly from the Roland into its own channel without any processing. You just tune it properly and it sounds okay. killer. Okay. So, you know, keep it as pure, as clean as possible. You know, do the good gain staging proper. Um, so that that's from my side of things. I also have a 303. Um, that's from my side of things. For Reggie, I did uh, uh, this very interesting setup. He uses uh, my laptop with Ableton and we have a keyboard hookup. So basically from a promoter, we, we just say, look, give us a 16-channel uh, mix board so we can hook everything up and give us a big keyboard, USB MIDI keyboard. So from the laptop, on the laptop there's Ableton, which has eight sounds. Rhodes, of course, two channels of Rhodes, strings, upright bass, flute, uh, flugelhorn, 
and something else I cannot really and the Moog for some leads and stuff and I programmed this little controller uh, for Reggie so he can loop he can play a little bit something he can loop a phrase has a little volume for that specific sound so with, with this kind of setup we were able to play a song quite closely as the original is sort of sort of you know jazz closely you can recognize it which is let's say it's close enough but then we would in on the best of gigs we would sometimes go into i don't know 35 45 minutes of complete improvisation mm-hmm. uh, and it would sound really, you know, sometimes, but that's, that's the thing of live performing. Sometimes you would go into the improvisation thing and, you know, you, you can feel that it's not clicking. It's here, you're kind of feeling your way around it, but it's not here. Mm-hmm. But when it, when it clicks, when it hits, it's amazing. It's, and uh, on top of that, I would record everything in MIDI on Ableton. So we managed to make a bunch of tracks just by playing out, you know, freestyling and then it would transfer into a track which which would be your go-to bass synth uh you will laugh i think uh my go-to bass synth is uh spectrosonics uh, trillion oh what do you mean what that's my one because, of my favorites man yeah but I, I use just I use just one preset. I just just use the double bass number double, one. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, that's, that's your go-to. Like, may, maybe in combination time. with that, I, you know, I have the I have the the Moog Mother, Moog synth. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Moog Mother, uh, it's Moog Mother thirty two something like that, which is deep. It's boom. So sometimes I would use the trilo- trillion. Is it trilogy or trillion? One it's of them. Trillion. Trilogy, trilogy, trilogy was first, and then they yes. then it went uh, then they upgraded it to Trillion. I mean, it sounds it, it's a seriously sounding, oh, yeah. serious sounding. Did fire, you get right? the latest update? No, I did. Ah, I uh, update all my all my uh, products uh, so I can get ready for a new computer. Um, what what would be your three favorite plugins? My three favorite plugins. Uh, let's say for let's say for processing. You know what? You know what? I'll tell you something. EQ, like EQ. For me, everything starts and ends with the EQ, okay, and I cannot emphasize it enough. I mean, okay. you know, you're okay. a, you're an engineer, you're a producer. Like, Not as good no, as you, though. <laughs> no, 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 man. You've been in the game for a long, long, long time. Go, boy, man. Uh, but you know, for me, and that's one thing that that Igor taught me, like EQing. Like EQing is supreme. Okay. If 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 I would have to pick one process uh, which I could use and, and only one, it would be EQ. You know, getting the getting the the, the nasty frequencies out, and then finding the good ones to kind of color the sound. For me, it ends and it starts and ends more or less there as the number one number one thing. Second. Um, it would have to be it would have to be Abbey Road uh, Reverb Plates plugin. Oh yeah, it's oof, and that's the only reverb in my life. Oh really? Yeah, okay. I'm super like like the number of plugins okay. I use is is very tiny. It's tiny because I I try to 
uh, treat them as as uh, when I buy uh, outboard gear, right? And then you spend some time with it. That's how I try to treat my plugins. Okay, good. good so deal. I really you get, yeah, you 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 kind of milk every nick and cranny from of this particular yes. unit, rather than yes. buying thousands of them and don't get a chance to uh, really find out what they really can do. Yes, and it's and it's a shame that people um, mm-hmm. seldomly give enough time and love to to. Uh, whether plugins or or gear, like whatever, but just really learn the machine in and out, and it's gonna. I'm somehow I'm somehow guilty of this, but in to a certain extent. But I'm also trying different techniques, so um, I wouldn't say that um, I, I, I'm learning them, and then I have my go tos, and then I always go to them anyway. So, but I I, I get what you mean. And your third one. Um. <clears throat> I'm kind of struggling between the two. There's this... I love Waves plugins. Okay. I love Waves. There's the NLS uh, summing bus. Uh, but I don't use it for summing. Um, you, there, so there's, it's three modes. Uh, it's Mike, it's Nevo, and it's Spike. Right. That's right. I love this one. I love it. Eh. And I, the middle one is, I think, mic. I, I always use the middle one, right? Is the mic one in the middle. And like the distortion, the saturation on that That's is just, point. it's love, it's butter. Do you use this on every channel or you kind of just bust everything to this? Uh, sometimes it goes even on the mix bus a little bit. A little bit even on the mix bus, um, but just a little bit. But you know, uh, occasionally I would put it on the Rhodes channel. I would I would use it on on bass. Um, I would uh, yeah, on, on bunch of stuff. On but then, okay. So there's also this one really great thing. It's called the capita another capitator uh, decimord. You know that one? Decimord. Oh yeah, from D16. Like killer, killer. You want to make some really nasty 12-bit stuff, and let's say you don't have an MPC 60 or an SP12 or something. Decimort is like the thing you want to use. Kink, Kink also uh, swears by that one. Ju- I just recently saw it, and I was so proud. I was like, "Hmm, Kink is my man." <laughs> um, doing do um, another question would be is. Um, how much do you think social media is key in being successful in the music industry? Is it important to you? Look, I um, I have a I think pretty similar as you. I, I have a love and hate relationship with it. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a thing I I love about it which is amazing. It it basically enabled all of us to bypass certain gatekeepers. Oh, yeah. And if you have some sort of a content which people like, they will. They will follow you. You will be able to right. reach people, and it's it's a huge blessing. I remember our first album; it, it sold a lot just because mm. we were able to l- reach people through Instagram, and and people kind of found out about it. And we like it it's was an amazing, yeah. yeah. And it still is an amazing tool, uh, and I use it daily. And I really, and it's, it's also as you said, like you can, let's say, you can put out like a, a big. Uh, big chunks of signal uh, into the world which are your records tracks it, like it's it's a big signal for someone to chew on mm-hmm. but but in in between these signals you can put you can put out little smaller ones which are whatever social media uh, platform you choose to use mm-hmm. and the way you choose to use it because it it all serves 
to present a certain context from which you come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I enjoy uh, following social media profiles of people whose music I like because it, and, or also, you know, I, yeah, I love reading too. books about it because it okay. gives context. Uh, and music is something which doesn't exist in a vacuum. It, it, it exists in this very complex um, like a socio-economical context uh, and personal context. And for me, it's undetachable. Okay. So you don't. So you uh, so don't. So you. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great tool for uh, uh, independent musicians and, and DJs and artists. Right. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing tool. Mm-hmm. But. On, on the downside, uh, just to to, uh, wrap it up. Uh, to to wrap it up, it's the downside is sometimes people it, it's easy to slip you know down that slope and and just put too much emphasis on it and I've been guilty of it as well um, till I real I had a conversation with a friend a good friend you might know him from Croatia he's a you probably know him Peter Dundov uh, 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 Peter yeah. Peter is uh, he's uh, one of yeah one of the two Croatian flagships yeah, he uh, is. in the major and and he up until recently he didn't do social media almost at all like he had the most boring profiles ever and I we, we would you know hang out yeah. and I would ask him something about he was like yeah. man what like what, what do I tweet about like the only currency I'm interested in is 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 the the long living the long-lasting currency and that's music that's your only currency and it stayed with me um, that that notion stayed with me so in my mind I'm trying to balance uh, the the idea of being you know being in the lab and making music experimenting you know going inside yourself to see what there is, you know, to kind of pull from some experiences and and emotions or, or th- thoughts, ideas, mm-hmm. to put into the music, mm-hmm. then to see that's the kind of artistic thing. Then the analytical thing is to see how successful you are in presenting those ideas, contexts, or feelings, or whatever. I mean, are there they? Pr- I, are they presented well enough mm-hmm. to be presented mm-hmm. to to the people? Mm-hmm. And then if they are. There needs to be a way to say, "Hey, this is I got something. I got something. Check it out. It's here." And and this is where the social media comes in. And it's I think so intertwined with the the first part, like the mo- the, the most artistic process and the, let's say sales. Pro- it, for me, it's it's one thing. You one cannot survive without the other. So. Okay. Balancing it out somehow, you know, the the social media and being off social media, you know, you ride the wave for a while. Then I think it's cool to, you know, lay low for a little while and let somebody else have their own, you know, wave and get some spotlight, get some attention. Then when you have something worthwhile, then you're like, okay, I'm back. Here's what I have. Kind of on and off thing. Mm -hmm. Your music is driven basically... From a soulful bass sound. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your go-to hardware or plug-in for chords, stabs, or pads? I have a really dope, dope little little synth. It's um, Yamaha Reface C CP. Um, Yamaha put out this little 
um, little keyboard series. It's four of them. Uh, CP is the Rhodes thingy. There's this red one, which is, I think, uh, Hammond. There's one which is sort of a kind of a classic subtractive synth thingy. And there is one which is the FM thingy. So, and I have, we got the CP, uh, like a sponsored, uh, sponsored product. It's amazing, like the, how it, it sounds. It has Rhodes Mark I, it has Rhodes Mark II, it has Woodley, uh, it has a clavinet, um, it has a little reverb. It's a, maybe too reverbish. I, I like mm -hmm. my reverbs mm -hmm. played, like dirty, um, dark, and ugly. Then I like how they behave in the mix. This one is maybe too bright, but you know, mm -hmm. as a solo thing, it's cool. But there's like a tremolo, Wawa, uh, it's a really good little machine, and you can you can carry it to gigs, and it cuts through the sound system really well, like really well. <laughs> Just cut like a knife, huh? Man, like. <laughs> Like 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 an SP12, you know how the the 12-bit sound uh -huh. it just cuts it it cuts through. Same as this, it really cut. But I'll tell you something. You know what cuts? Like it's it's a rude machine. It, it should be illegal. Moog mother. <laughs> yeah, no, Moog. I know. It, come on, like man, it's stupid how it cuts out. Like we brought it for a couple of gigs, and you do something with it, and you have the fader all the way down. Damn. And the club is wow. like the room is shaking. Wow. Too much power. It's wow. crazy. Wow! 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 <laughs> what What would you say is uh, most important when it comes to learning a new synth? Um, <clears throat> that's uh, you know, read the manual. <laughs> okay, there we go. Like reading the manual, I go like my manuals are all. Uh, full okay. of notes and uh, you know underlined things. Oh, yeah? I okay. go through. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I go through it mm -hmm. because it's like, man, we are. This is an engineering uh, thing. How can you like? Uh, uh, if if you paint, you need to know your colors. You need to know your brushes. Mm -hmm. you, you need to know your tools. If you don't know your tools, I I, I remember listening to this. Okay, Theo Parrish. Uh, all of his interviews are also it's like a bible he he ke he keeps repeating like mpc 2000 xl you need to learn your tool you really for him is the mpc 2000 xl for you or me or whoever is listening mm -hmm. it can be whatever tool you use but learn your tool do you have a favorite do you have a favorite drum machine i do the roland tr8 is is definitely a, it's a workhorse it's a workhorse. Okay. It sounds great live. Uh, I can say I'm pretty satisfied with how, with my dexterity on it. I'm okay with it. Not not Jeff Mills on the 909, <laughs> but nobody's. Not even Jeff is Jeff on 909. Um, but I I really like uh, what can be done with that machine. Also, I need to say Roland TR626. 606. Um, no, no, 626. 626, I don't know why, it's an underdog, but it's like the, the tambourine is amazing, shakers are amazing, uh, and if you run it a little bit hot through a distortion pedal, it give, it, it bites, it really bites uh, uh, nicely. Um, your favorite instrument? My favorite instrument, I, Fender Rhodes. <laughs> it's... 
need I ask? Sexiest instrument on the planet. Need I ask? You know, it's like velvet butter. It's or but okay, an additional one, which is I'm equally in love with it. Although we used it just in a couple of tracks, is the flugelhorn. Okay. You, you know it? Yeah, of course. I don't know if I'm a fan of it, but I I use it uh, I use it funny enough on a, on a, our latest house track. I'm trying to finish with uh, with the Jackson Twins, uh, but it was only a, it's only a, it's only a small part. And it was a it was a it was a freaky accident, and it happened, and it just seemed to work. But <laughs> how did you use it? Man, it was just a sample. I have a guy, uh, uh, Zvonimir Bajevic, he's an amazing dude, amazing horn uh, brass player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays uh, the trumpet and flugelhorn and uh, like, you know when when you play those legato, like really long notes and the register uh, in which flugelhorn sits in is, you know, it's such a warm... Like I, I like the, the to use the word velvet. It's like velvet. It's very inviting and and kind of very tangible uh, in my mind um, sound. And the way he plays it is amazing. We have a couple of couple of things now where he played, um, and I just I just love how it sounds. I love it. Mm-hmm. If you like a deep deep uh-huh. deep uh-huh. deep trumpet, like uh-huh. deep trumpet. Uh-huh. Which artist? influenced you in the past and influences you which artist influences you now um <clears throat> it's uh, again it's uh, I, i'm sticking with the same same people i've been sticking with the same people for years and just because they've been a constant source of inspiration number one definitely jeff mills uh because that guy is Like from the earliest final cut thing to the purpose maker to the axis kind of a little bit left field dance floor stuff to the uh, movies thing to the art exhibits to the spiral deluxe jazz band like everything he does is his soul I, I think he will at some point uh, he will be appreciated as one of the most forward thinking artists of our time Um, he's of course he's very well known in our domain but I think in the global like the global uh, world art domain he should be recognized much more because that guy is uh, he is he, he invented the language and and the way he does things is just on a completely different Unique. level so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so It's him. Then it's definitely Theo Parrish. Uh, he's... <laughs> Me too. No, he's, 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 he's... 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 His new album is too, too expensive, though. <laughs> ah, I, I, I bought the record. I have it. It's like 52... It's like 52 yeah. euros. I, I gotta buy it, too, but I gotta... I was, I have, I was uh, looking for some other stuff, but you're right. He's very... He's, Man, get it. He's very, it. Influ- he's very influential to me as well um, with his... Um, uncanny unique way of of um, um, putting this live music into context with dance on the for the club it's fantastic I want to ask you about your mix for the decisive podcast series what do you have planned for us what what can you say about this mix what's what's what do you like about it the most Um, I took a little bit of time to think because I wanted to really record something which I 
thoroughly enjoy and and I wanted to put some uh, you know uh, things of course which I enjoy things which I play things which currently I'm really deeply into uh, I additionally I made the track for the mix um, it's called back home and uh, I I was dabbling with it a day or two before and then I was like, you know what, this is I need to I need to do I need to finish it at least to the point where, you know, I can play it in a mix and it sounds uh cool. Uh I I put the first track is um is uh it's a it's a cut called for a minute. It's something I did and which is gonna come out as the first uh record of my own label mm-hmm. of Cycle Records mm-hmm. and I played uh, Gene Hunt remix oh uh, gene yeah yeah gene, gene is the man he like he he made two remixes both are going on the vinyl and he's a really dope dude like most of the stuff he puts out i i just buy automatically okay. Th- that dude is fire and th- okay. there's a there's a thing titled i'm alive watch it it's the wildest uh, messiest disco cut up edit house something i don't know even how to call it it's one of the wildest things you can play at a party um i actually wanted to put that in the mix as well but somehow it it, it fell out so yeah i put that i put i put um something from my buddy kai i'll say so it's classic it's a pretty classic adult adult music uh, house music set Precisely, but 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 you, what I wanted to do mm-hmm. towards mm-hmm. towards the end, mm-hmm. I wanted to go a little bit more into the Detroit kind of thing because I'm mm-hmm. a deep sucker for strings. Okay, okay. you know strings the kind of, uh, of life. man that and Sonic Mirage 12-bit mm-hmm. string is just okay for me. It kind of triggers something in me when I hear those strings. It's just like boom. Um, <laughs> So, and yeah, of course, then the last track is Icon. It's uh, the Derek May's Rhythm is Rhythm. Um, classic. No. Classic, classic. Uh, the one before, I think, is Recast. It's, uh, I can't remember. I think it's 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 someone's totally side project, but it's also like very deep Detroit strings, some Glen Underground, old Glen Underground stuff kind of heavy on the strings so I wanted to kind of connect these two things which I very much kind of feel uh, uh, close to you know the, the kind of deep soul roadsy flute organic feel and the Detroit strings uh, vibe like these two images are very vivid in my mind and so I, I frequently try to connect them um, in, in a way and and that was the that was the goal that was the idea for this particular mix awesome so that I hope that everyone out there receives it like that and uh if you are uh, uh, in and around the internet make sure you go check out Jan uh, he's a very cool guy um, and um, he's uh, he's Croatian so for me I love Croatians man I don't know what it is Croatia loves you, man. Yeah, You've been yeah. here for a minute. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What would be your best advice to give uh, electronic music uh, musicians? What would what would be your advice to them to to start out, starting off, or to get even get into it? What would be? 
I would I would suggest um, take it seriously. If it's uh, if it's something you really want to do, then um, learn learn the language. Learn the language of the music you want to learn. It, that doesn't mean you need to. Uh, you know, finish a music academy. You don't need to do that, but just learn. If if you want to do, for instance, if you want to do deep house, see what kind of skills are necessary. Learn some chords. Listen to the best examples of that music. Copy. Study. Be a be a student uh, of, uh, of of that music. I man, I tried to take apart 20 Tio's tracks, like 20 for sure, note by note, note by note. That's cool. And, yeah. and then you learn how complicated or how simple something is or how hard it is to actually make a, you know a proper dance you know club house tune it's a skill it, for like for me that's the harder skill than to make something you know like crazy jazz mm-hmm. This, mm-hmm. man like proper well balanced well made club track it's a skill in its own so just learn like keep your eyes and ears open um and read the man read interviews with the people read yeah the, and read the read manual, the manual. Read the i would manual. say i would say get a digital workstation or a groove box and dive in <laughs> with that said thanks again jan for being here with me on the decisive podcast series and we're looking forward to hearing your lovely soulful mix and the interview went well um and i thank you again for being here with us Roberto, thank you very much for having me. It was uh, it was a lengthy conversation, but uh, I I have to say I really enjoyed it. It's it's not often that you that you get to uh, uh, talk about studio things with with somebody uh, on the podcast. So it was I really enjoyed it. People, I I hope you're gonna enjoy the mix as well. Uh, yeah, ciao.